The Fan-Controlled Football League is a new professional football league where teams no longer have a front office. Instead, fans control all the decisions, from drafting players to hiring coaches, calling plays. Your path to domination is just an app away. Guys, make sure you visit the website fcfl.io to learn more. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy, you rockin' with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be. Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Eat, Sleep, Fantasy, a week in review slash dynasty at night. I will be your host, Austin. Check it out. I got my brothers in arms with me tonight. I got Steve. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Austin. What's up, man? Not too much. Not too much. And John, what's going on, John? Man, just glad to be here. And I just want to say sorry, Austin, for the the Michigan. You guys had a great run. And uh, it's always great to be with you, Spacco Rotelli. I just just glad to talk some fo- football, man. Man, you actually got the name right. You must have been practicing over the last. I have. Week. It's the teacher in me, man. I got to go through roll all the time, and you got to get those names right. You're probably using that shit for like spelling bees, weren't you? <laughs> well, I'm dyslexic, so those weren't good, but that's okay. Bad childhood. Dys- Thanks for bringing that. Dyslexic up. or listexic? <laughs> exactly. Who the hell came <laughs> up with how to spell dyslexic? I want to figure out where that guy lives because that was the meanest thing he could have done. <laughs> Going back to Michigan, man, it's a heartbreaker. We lost, you know, we lost to Noah, which I, I'm not gonna lie, I really kind of saw that coming. But to lose last night to Notre Dame, you know, in the in the hockey, you know, I'm not a big hockey fan, but you know, they threw it out there and we just threw it on TV real quick, check it out, and I was like, man, that was a good game. Yeah, that's two so. brutal title losses right there. I mean, I mean, really going back to you know the the national title game. I mean, DiVincenzo, man, that guy was just unreal i mean he was just unreal for most of the tournament and what's crazy is i believe he was a red shirt sophomore if i'm not mistaken that's crazy man yeah that guy was just phenomenal and i was just kind of watching you know after uh you know michigan's big victory uh victory there the final four and then watching kansas nova and that game wasn't even a competition i was just thinking back in my head i'm like oh my god my poor wolverines they're just gonna get poo-pooed all over by this team (laughs) Yeah, it was. I was a little worried when I watched the Kansas game, so I agree with you. Yeah. Hey, if this is the first time you listen to this pod, uh, you're not going to find Dale, Brito, and Armando on here every single week. Uh, but basically what we're doing, we're trying to get you guys ready for the NFL draft, uh, get your dynasty questions out there and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I want to do a shout out to listeners, man. If you're listening and you got questions one thing is, hey, you got to let us know. Hey, reach out to us. I, I haven't seen too much on Twitter. I haven't seen too much uh, through Facebook or anything like that. And if you're not a $5 member, hey, you're missing out on a lot of good content. And, you know, if $5 for the whole season gets you in our Facebook group. Also, I think, uh, I'm not sure, I think it has something to do with the, the website too that should be coming out at the end of this week. But, hey, the Facebook page alone, I mean, we got some characters in there, but the questions and the content that's the first place everyone goes to when they ask questions so hey reach out figure out how to be a five dollar member and uh come hang out with us man we we always love we always love a good laugh and hey there nothing nothing is off the table in that facebook group just so you know so be careful <laughs> it it's is good times scary. it is good times and it's priority man you know when you guys are sitting there out sunday mornings and all that and you need you know questions answered it, we're answering those and not only just us but you know the rest of the people that are in that group so it's a good time so don't don't be scared to put forth that five bucks just to have a good time best five bucks you'll ever spend and it's pretty good five bucks i'll tell you what hey so last night i was out destroying my liver and i think you've i think the listeners have heard that we have our own, own little chat group and pretty much anything is talked about you know you know like you said, you heard this week Christian talk about rating poo and stuff like that. So imagine what we talk about. I mean, we had this little competition on trying to get each other in pictures, taking craps to each other. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm following along. It's it's kind of funny. I'm about to take pictures of my own shit and send it. So careful. <laughs> but last night, 
last night they were talking about One Tree Hill. Oh. And I'm not going to lie. I've never seen an episode of One Tree Hill. I don't have a clue who's in it. You know, something amazing. But, man, it seemed like we had, like, our group loves drama. And I can only imagine because it's, I figure it's a, a soap opera that males love because everybody in there seemed to love One Tree Hill. You know, and I, I did notice that myself, Steve and John kind of sat out, sat out the mix. And, you know, when I was checking out the message this morning, but let's talk about some what I call male soap operas. You know, I mean, I, I had a I had a surgery that put me down for about three to six months. And I'm not gonna lie. You know, I fell in love with Dawson's Creek. I will, you know, I'm. I'm a, I'm a Pacey guy, you know, I, I kind of like his uh, style and stuff like that. He was kind of a role model for me. Um, I did watch a little Days of Our Lives, but guess what? I grew the fuck up, you know, and now my soap operas include nothing but zombies and biker gang. So what do you guys think of the male soap opera or even One Tree Hill or kind of explain One Tree Hill to me? Well, I mean, I, first off, you know, you're, you're talking about One Tree Hill and all the nonsense that was uh, going on. I mean, I woke up in the morning to over 200 messages of just, I think I lost about respect for about half the group with some of the talk that was going on there. But I know nothing about One Tree Hill, but, you know, male soap operas, man, I would say the best one out there, a show that I miss dearly is Sons of Anarchy. Oh, so good, man. I, I'm with you. Never seen an episode of One Tree Hill. I Just brought did. a tear to my eye. Yeah, it's okay, man. It's a great show. You know, you got the bikers, you got family betrayal, you know, the occasional hot chick strolls through there. It's it's wonderful. But never seen One Tree Hill. It's not my thing. I did Google search the cast though. Having said those things, there's some talent. Uh just gonna be honest. Sophia Bush, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's strong to quite strong, I would say. You might want to clear your search history. Your your wife might have some questions about your interest on the internet if you're searching for One Tree Hill. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, you have to bring <laughs> them into the conversation so you can mask it, right? Like, you don't hide in the shadows. You hide in plain sight. So you're like, hey, have you ever watched this show? Oh, do you know who this person is? And then she's like, oh, no, I don't know who that is. And then you show them, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's why I was looking that up, babe. Excellent angle. Excellent Just saying. angle, John. I like it. So dirty. So dirty. I'm so glad my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to this show. No, oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Your dirty secrets. Also this week they talked about hostess and, and uh what little Debbie stuff. I'm not gonna lie. Twinkies, I wouldn't look the way I was if it wasn't for Twinkies, so I'm a hostess type of guy. I didn't get a chance to vote. It probably would have changed the the outlook of the vote, so see I'll say this. I grew up this is weird. It's gonna get weird. Um there was a Little Debbie outlet store where I grew up in Texas, which just now that I say it as an adult should have raised a lot of red flags. And we would go buy these super cheap snacks that I guess were expired or whatever. I don't think there's any edible content in any of them. But um, <laughs> Little Debbie, man, huge fan, huge fan. Was, the Swiss was, cake was... roll, man, that's number one. Dude, those things are good, but I'm a hostess guy too because I, I was always a, a fan of the King Dongs or whatever the hell they're called. Those things are good, but <laughs> when I worked in the restaurant for a, for a while, um, I was in restaurant management, and when I was working the midnight shift, it was excellent. There was a 7-Eleven store like, right across the street from us, and we used to just go buy handfuls of fucking Twinkies, right? You know, during the week, working the midnight shift, there's nothing going on. And we used to make up our own batter for that shit and make some really good deep-fried Twinkies, scoop some ice cream on there with some hot fudge. I mean, heart attack on a plate, but it was amazing times, man. <laughs> what about the yeah, Christmas lot, asshole, tree for those cakes? Extra three pounds. Am I the only one that's like Christmas tree cakes are like one of the greatest things in the world? Oh, no, those are good, dude. Those are solid. Yeah, but there was an original. I, I'm not going to go back and look it up. But before they were the Christmas tree cakes, you know, they were something else. And don't get me wrong, they're good. But I mean, realistically, it's all good. Sugar. Hey, so uh, thoughts on baseball this week? It was the uh, opening week of baseball. You know, even though we're all about football, we still got to give a lot of love to the other sports. What do you guys, anything about baseball this week? Oh, it's America's pastime, man. So you got to give a little bit of love to it. But I mean, you know, being here in Detroit, I follow mostly the Tigers and uh, we're going to have some sad years ahead of us, but that's okay. I'm going to stick it out with them. But, you know, I, I look at, you know, the very first pitch of the season, I, I thought it was hilarious that Ian Hat for the Cubs just 
I mean, he took that ball deep. It just didn't go over the fence. He mashed that thing. And then, you know, I'm looking at a team like the Yankees, and you're looking at that lineup, especially the middle of that lineup. I mean, with you have Judge, Sanchez, Gregorius. Uh, that team is just – they're going to put up a lot of runs and probably a lot of home runs this year. So that's going to be fun to watch. See, I'm a Blue Jays guy. I lost a bet in college. Uh, Joe and, Carter? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I'm a Blue Jays guy. We're four and three. We're on the winning side right now, so we'll see how that goes. It usually, our season isn't very long, usually. But uh, yeah, man, AL East, love it. Cubs and Mets, Cubs and Mets. I always like the downer teams for some reason. I don't know why, but I know Cubs finally got their win. But come on, it's time to get the Mets. I always love it when they beat up on the Yankees. Yeah, same, so. same. All right, fellas, real quick. Hey, there was some fantasy relevant news this week. Um, it's just all about wide receivers right now. A Cooks trade, Jordan Matthews went to the Pats, and then Meredith is now in the Saints. Hey, what are your thoughts on this, just real quick? I like Jordan Matthews as a flyer, um, but all Pats receivers, you kind of have to have an asterisk to them because Tom Brady does never hones in on one receiver unless it's Gronk. Um, he very rarely, uh, even Brandon Cooks last year, barely passed 1,000 yards. And so with Jordan Matthews, I think if you can get a flyer on him late, that's awesome. I don't consider him a wide receiver one, but you're talking that low end number two flex range. He's going to offer some potential there. Yeah, I, you know, I look at Jordan Matthews as a guy. I mean, that was a one year deal, right? So with everything up in the air with Gronk right now, um, obviously Cook's gone. Uh, we're not sure what we're going to get out of Edelman coming back from an ACL injury at this point in his career. I mean, hell, they retained Kenny Britt for crying out loud. So there's not a whole lot there. And and I think that uh, Matthews fits that offense well. Uh, they just chunk out yards a little bit at a time, and he can play inside-outside. So, you know, if they get a good, healthy year out of him, because that's a problem, uh, I, I agree with the wide receiver two flex area, but there could be some potential upside there from his – you know, first couple seasons that we saw in Philadelphia. Yeah, and Brandon Cooks, jump over there. I don't think this is great for his fantasy value, to be honest with you. There's not a lot of targets to go around. Uh, he's going to immediately step into what Sammy Watkins was last year for the Rams. Sammy Watkins only got 70 targets last year. I, I'm hoping that Cooks gets more. But, uh, for example, he got 114 targets last year with New England and barely broke 1,000 yards. Do we think he's going to get 44 more targets in the exact same role as Sammy Watkins did? I don't think so. So you're talking about a guy that's – he might get more touchdowns, but I think yards and receptions are going to be down dramatically. Um, I think high-end, wide receiver two, low-end, wide receiver one, but a guy that I probably won't get in a lot of my drafts. See, I think he's a guy that's going to give you a good wide receiver two value all year, and he he's going to be, you know, mid later round look. Um, I'm just looking at the fact that Cooks is going to be, I think, a little more solid in that offense, uh, stepping into that role that was uh, what for what they were looking out of Sammy Watkins. But with another year under Goff's belt, you know, they might sling the ball a little bit more and take a little bit off of Gurley in the backfield as well. So that'd be um, smart. It would be. And I mean, with the year that Robert Woods had last year, too. So you got two different guys that can actually take the top off a of defense and run routes over them. They're good route runners, good hands. So I, I think you could see some decent value out of Cooks, probably potentially more than what we saw in New England. And and I'll say this as far as dynasty goes, he's still 24 years old. He is younger than Calvin Ridley. Like, people don't understand. Like, he's still very, very young. So, even if he doesn't offer that immediate return on value, if you trade for him, if you pick him up in a startup league, he's going to be around for a while. And he's tiny. He doesn't take a lot of big hits. Um, He's very elusive. So, it's going to be there uh, dynasty-wise. However, uh, flip side of that, look at the corners that are in the NFC West now. I mean, he is going to be going up against Patrick Peterson twice a year, Richard Sherman twice a year. Like, you have to put that in effect. Plus, you still have Seattle, which I understand they don't have that stud corner right now, but that's still a tough defense. Yeah, but those guys you named right there, if Robert if Robert Woods produces the way that he did, those guys are going to have to pay attention to him too. So we'll see. True. We'll see. Yeah, it it should be interesting. 
Hey, it's a lot of good points, but I don't think you guys really understand what the word quick means. So we'll just have to work on that. <laughs> we really like so. this, man. It, it's it's crazy. Uh, I could talk I, I could talk Brandon Cooks for a long time. I, I remember him coming out of I'm just saying. In a couple weeks we will definitely be talking about all these players more in depth. I just so. get so excited. I gotcha, I gotcha. It must be that tequila you're 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 taking down tonight. It's so. delicious. <laughs> hey, so this week we're we're it's all about the running backs, the Rookie running backs. So, Steve, when you're looking at running backs, what are you looking for as far as when you're trying to decide which running back you're going to go after? I'm looking at a guy. I'm looking at decisiveness, elusiveness, balance, speed, pass blocking, uh, yards after contact, receiving. I mean, those, those are all big factors uh, to an NFL running back. You know, I, w- I want a guy that's not going to take a handoff and chop his feet and look for a hole. I, I want a guy that's going to sit there. He's going to take the handoff. He's going to know what he's doing. If, if, you know, he's, he hits the seam, he needs to make somebody miss, you know, or if somebody does get a shoulder pad on him, arm on him, whatever, you know, he could be elusive. He can bounce off of that. And he has the balance to keep going forward, you know, but you also want a guy that understands the defense, understands his position, uh, in the passing game, uh, whether he's just chipping somebody and rolling out in the flat, if he can run a wheel route, wheel route, all that, those are all factors that if a guy is good at uh, doing those things, he's going to be in every down back in the NFL, and that's a guy that you want to look for, that you want to draft, that's going to be a key component to your team. All right, John, what are your favorite aspects when it comes to looking at rookie running backs? So. So great stuff by Steve. I mean that that's very very well said. The only thing that I would add to that is you have to get on the field. So in dynasty and fantasy in general, it doesn't matter the talent if they're not on the field. And one of the main things that keeps people off the field, especially at the running back position, is pass protection. If you cannot pass protect, you don't get to play in the NFL as a running back because you are going to scare your head coach or offensive coordinator into thinking your quarterback's going to get hurt. And so you there's a reason why Frank Gore, who I love with everything that I have, is still going to play in the NFL is because he's going to protect your quarterback and always make his assignments. And so for these rookie running backs coming into the league, I don't care how talented you are. If you cannot pass protect, you do not play. It is very, very simple. Elusiveness, elusiveness vision balance on contact that's another big one that i want and speed's important but i care way more about acceleration if you look at the draft last year alvin kamara ran a four five six uh kareem hunt was in the four sixes whenever it comes to 40 yard dash times that does not matter it's can you break tackles and can you accelerate enough to elude tacklers and if you can do those things and pass protect I think you're golden and you get an opportunity to play. So pay attention to draft value. If a team picks somebody in the first, second, or third round, they're going to get a chance to play. Yeah, great stuff, John. Hey, listeners, if you're out there and you're looking at running backs and you're watching over film, yeah, there's characteristics of the running backs and use them and use them for yourself or when it comes to your rookie uh, drafts coming up. One of the running backs we're going to talk about, and I'm telling you right now, there was a lot of hype about him going number one. And but the Browns have made a lot of moves during this offseason. Um, me personally, I think Saquon Barkley will fall out of the top five. What are your thoughts on this, Steve? Uh, it's it's very possible. Uh, I mean, the moves that Cleveland have, have made, uh, they're they're in my opinion, they're clearly looking for their quarterback in the future, and, and they've kind of alluded to that with that first pick. Um, but it's it's very, very hard to say what the Giants are going to do. It's very hard to say what the Jets are going to do at two and three. And, you know, they have a a glaring need at that position. But with the quarterbacks available, uh, with defensive and offensive linemen available, it's very possible that he could fall out of the top five to, you know, say a team like, you know, Tampa Bay's been a popular one at seven, which, you know, would kind of bum me out because, uh, I, I really like Peyton Barber uh, I, for dynasty owners. I think he's a guy that if he continues to get an opportunity uh, can provide some value. But obviously, if Barkley does fall out of the top five and goes there, that, that ship sailed. Yeah, uh, very well said. Uh, there, there, He could go anywhere in the top seven. I think Char- number seven is kind of the floor with Tampa Bay. Uh, they have Peyton Barber. They have Charles Sims. But that's about it. There's nothing outside of that. But whenever you look at Cleveland, 
They're going to get quarterback at one or four. They paid extra money to Carlos Hyde. They have the best third down linebacker in the entire NFL and Duke Johnson. So it's not a major need. Obviously, it'd be a great fit. The best spot for him to go would probably be New York Giants. Um, They're hurting. I agree. But when are they going to be picking this high again? They're probably going to go quarterback. The Jets are not loaded at, at running back. But they've got four bodies there. Um, Elijah McGuire, they've got uh, who they just brought over. Matt Forte is gone. Um, Let's see here. So, anyway, Bilal Powell, the Jets got Bilal Powell, Elijah McGuire. They paid Isaiah Crowell to come over. They signed Thomas Rawls. There's a lot of bodies there. So, Saquon could go anywhere in the top seven. I think the best fantasy spot for him to go would be the Colts. Him and Andrew Luck, oh my gosh. One, the running back for Andrew Luck is always valuable because he will never face more than a seven-man box. But that'd be the best fantasy spot is six at the Colts or seven at Tampa Bay. I don't know, man. Marlon Mack, I think that's his show now from here on out. But, it, you know, I'm not going to talk about it today, but Luck's not coming back. I don't care what anybody says. Ooh, <laughs> hot take. Hot take Austin. I like it. You heard it here. Mark it down. Bold now, if, right if the Colts do not address running back in the first round, that's cool. They still have three second-round picks. So you're talking somebody like Guy, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb. They're going to get help. Marlon Mack, um, based on who they draft, will be the guy there. But if they get Saquon Barkley, you have to fade Marlon Mack. All right. So it's a running back show. We're all we're always talking about Saquon Barkley. Who's the best overall value pick out of, coming out of this draft? I'll jump um, in. I, I'm sorry, right, Steve. I, no, I'm so ahead, excited. <laughs> Have I'm it. going Sony Michelle, man. I absolutely love this kid out of Georgia. Um, he is my number two overall running back, and I think a lot of people are kind of fading him. And the reason why I love him so much is because he fits every single offensive system in the entire NFL. So I think he's going to be drafted earlier. My latest mock mock draft, I had him going to Pittsburgh as kind of the eventual Le'Veon Bell replacement because he does everything. He's so versatile. He can be a first and second uh, down thumper. He can be a third down specialist, or he can play all three downs. I mean, he's 214 pounds and has great hands, great pass protection. The only flaw on him is he fumbled twice every single year. So if he could correct that, he put a handful of balls on the ground. I love Sony Michelle. Uh, very similar to a Willis McGahee before the injuries. And I really do think he will go in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really torn uh, between him and Geis. But, you know, Michelle to me... When you're talking overall value, it, he is the better one out there. I mean, and, and you're right. I, I don't really know how much more I can add to everything you just explained about him. Um, but if you look at what he was able to do and the dynamic with him and Nick Chubb and what they did together and the type of statistics that they put up together. But Sony Michelle just overall, he, he does. He does it all. And, you know, you know you're talking about his uh, ball security issues which he wasn't too terrible I mean there are worse running backs than that but again that's just something that's coachable that's something that you could learn you know you'll learn different ways to hold on to the ball just like Tiki Barber did and you get used to game speed at the NFL and all that stuff so um, I would say if Saquon Barkley was not involved with his draft uh, Sony Michelle would definitely be my number one all right fellas so John already talked about one of his top five so here's what we're gonna do I'm just going to go. I'm going to ask you what your guy is. We'll go back and forth, and then you guys tell me a little bit why these running backs are in your top five. We'll start with Steve, since John likes to jump in all the time. Who is your number five running back this season for a rookie? You know, I'm torn between two guys, but the, the one that I'm going to lean towards is on Johnson. Uh, I, I really love the way this guy plays. He's He's a physical runner. He, he's a guy that can get between the tackles. He can get to the outside. Uh, I think he's a, actually a pretty good pass protector. I think he has all the tools um, to be a successful NFL running back. And I, I know from, I think it was one of John's tweets or conversation or whatever, he, he called him, uh, complimented him as a poor man's uh, Adrian Peterson. And he, he does have that kind of physicality and he does have that kind of vision. And, and he's a guy that, can and will uh, bring some value to 
whoever decides to draft him in the NFL. So, John, who's your number five uh, rookie running back this season? Man, so I, I'm in agreement here with, with Steve-O. Uh, on Johnson is an absolute beast. Well-rounded athlete, all-state all state basketball player in high school, and probably my favorite statistic that I have from him. I'm not a big stats guy. I'm more of a film guy. But he had 100 yards rushing and seven out of his nine games versus SEC defenses. So, And that includes Alabama and Georgia, the top two defenses. So whenever it mattered, he showed up on a consistent basis. His stiff arm is unreal. And again, going back to what I look for in running backs, I counted three pancake blocks that he had in pass protection. So he's not just a get-in-the-way guy. Like He takes pride in putting people on their rear end. So absolutely love on Johnson. And I'm probably I'm getting him in all of my Dynasty League rookie drafts because I'm going to trade up and get him in the middle of the first round. Probably shouldn't have said that on here, but that's okay. Y'all can steal my stuff. I'm cool with that. <laughs> such, such a That's what it's all about, right? That's right, man. All right, Steve, who's your number four? I like Nick Chubb. Um, I was kind of torn between him and Ronald Jones. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just like what Chubb brings to the table. I mean, I, the, some of the biggest knocks on him is he doesn't really have breakaway speed. And, you know, he's really not known uh, to be a passing down uh, type of running back. So, you know, he's not really going to be uh, a three down back. But he's a guy that's going to be used, I think, heavily in goal line situations, uh, short yardage situations in general. You know, he he's going to see a fair, a fair share of touches. You know, he, he has the potential to be uh, a LeGarrette Blunt type guy. Um, you know, I just, if you're a dynasty owner and, and you're in mid to later rounds and you see Nick Chubb laying around, I think he's going to be a very, very valuable piece that you could add to your team and, you know, expect, you know, probably RB2 stats out of. I mean, I would say low end with upside. Uh, so I wouldn't, you know, get too high on him, but he's a guy that could definitely bring value to your team. All right, John, who's your number four rookie running back? Well, I didn't almost. I did go with Ronald Jones. Absolutely love this kid out of USC. The funny thing is, if you watch him play, he looks huge and he plays big. He only came in at 205. And he didn't run well at the combine. He kind of pulled up a little bit before he finished. He tightened up his hamstring. Uh, came in at four six five, but that doesn't matter to me. He runs through arm tackles, and the one thing that he does better than anybody is he creates a small angle against the defender one on one to get them off balance with the ju- juke move. He wiggles his hips a little bit, then he runs straight through. He's not the type of guy that tries to out juke or anything like that he wants to run through run through your arm tackle and because of that he's amazing in short yardage situations um he did not go out for a lot of passes but whenever he did he was exceptional and absolutely love this kid the comps are all jamal charles out there because he's so quick and so fast I don't think that's fair. He he reminds me a lot of Larry Johnson for the Chiefs. He's a smaller Larry Johnson with his stride. One of the very similar to like that Odell Beckham stride whenever he cuts it open, where people are just taking bad angles all the time because he it's just very fluid. Love Ronald Jones. Good, good, good stuff. All right, hey. So I noticed on your guys' top five that you both have the next three. So basically, well, I'll just name the individual running back, and then you'll just let talk about him. So juice to get loose. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, I, I love guys, and and being here in, in Detroit, I'm I'm really hoping he's a guy that falls to them, and they actually use their damn brain and, and take a running back because we need one desperately. And, and guys, he he's a guy that. Um, I don't think he's really the strongest receiving back, but he does have the potential uh, to be a receiving back. But he has the tools. I mean, he's just a physical downhill runner. He's elusive. He's quick. Um, you know, he he knows how to he knows how to play the game uh, at at all levels. He, he's a great pass protector. He's a guy that can create his own yards. You know, I, I you know I want to go back to you know things like you know, yards after contact and decisiveness. You know, he's not a choppy runner at all. He takes that ball. He knows where he's going. And if he has to lower the boom and create his own yards or, you know, lay down a big stiff arm, whatever he needs to do, he's a guy that plays the game forward. And that's what I really love about him. And that's just one of the reasons why I want to see him land here in Detroit. Yeah, you guys will never get that lucky. You'll take a wide receiver like you did for like 20 years in a row. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> man. Hey, that yeah. that's your that's your 
uh, Patriot right there. That's our head coach and our GM. So, oh, that's right. You took our defensive guy. Good luck on offense. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. Well, oh, they're know. keeping we'll, uh, the best name in sports at OC, Jim Bob Cooter. JBC. Yeah, that is that is one of the best names. The next running back is Sony Michelle. Go ahead, Steve. I'll, I'll flip the script a little bit. So, what you got for Sony Michelle? Uh, you know, we, we already talked about him a little bit, and, and you know, just, just from everything that John and I were talking about earlier, he's just he's a very complete player. Um, and, you know, with his ball security issues, I, I'm sure he'll get that worked out. Um, but you know, dynasty owners, I'm telling you right now, if you're sitting there, you're one of the top picks. Whether well, I shouldn't say whether it's a startup league or not. If you're an existing league, um, and Saquon Barkley goes, don't be. Don't be discouraged because if you take a guy like Sony Michelle or a guy like Darius Geis, trust me, you're you're going to be more than happy uh, with players like that because, especially with Sony Michelle, he he has all the tools and he will be uh, a great successful addition to your dynasty team. Yeah, well said. And just one little stat I'd throw out there is one out of every ten runs he had last year was for over 15 yards. Like he's just a big play waiting to happen. I understand his forty isn't that high, four five four, but it's just like um, Alvin Kamara was last year. Not saying he's an Alvin Kamara type player, but he is an explosive. I think he's going to be better than Kamara. Gosh, it's possible, man. If he goes to a perfect situation, let's just say hypothetically, he falls to the Colts. Not saying I would take him over Saquon Barkley Will wherever you he stop goes. Taking everybody to the Colts, damn it! Dude, I want to see Marlon Mack. It's the best situation. <laughs> it's the best situation in the NFL to go to because Andrew Luck is going to be amazing. Sorry, Austin, and I think Marlin it's going to be perfect. Marlon Mack. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fading Marlon Mack, man. I offered damn him in two John, trades today. We're editing you right out of this show. That's fine. How's that song going? <laughs> He's got high hopes. Yeah, oh. right. I do. I'm so excited. All right, so John, since you're so excited that you just can't hide it, I'm so let's excited. go on and move on to Saquon Barkley. Very easy to talk about Saquon, right? Uh, everybody loves him. He's everybody one. Everybody's 101. I, I don't care what the format in rookie drafts. You need to take him number one overall. And you have to look at where his fit's going to be for startup drafts. I'm thinking right now in that 12 to 8 range, depending if he goes to a great spot. But he does everything. Um, Agility is second to none. You're talking a LaShawn McCoy type shifty agility jukeness. But he's six foot, 233 pounds, faster than LaShawn McCoy. Um, stronger than almost everybody. He ranked ninth in bench press, and that's with all positions in the draft. That's offensive tackles, <laughs> defensive tackles. The guy's a freak. 650-pound squat. He has it all. And so whenever you look at him, wherever he goes, you just have to be excited because he just does it all, and he catches the ball. If he was a wide receiver, he would be my number three wide receiver in this draft. Nice, nice. Hey, John, is that tequila starting to get to you a little bit? No, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. I laid off a little bit. I'm slowing down. Oh. Nice rosy cheeks there, by the way. Always, man. I went skiing right, last what? week. That's skiers rosy cheeks. Oh, that's just leftovers? Yeah. Oh, you still had you st- – is that your wind burn? Is that what it is? <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. Mammoth treated me <laughs> nice, I will say. All right, Steve, go on with your uh, Saquon Barkley analysis. I mean, Saquon's just it. You know, I, I don't really know any other way to put it. You, you don't see talents like this guy come along. I mean, if you look at a guy who's, you know, six foot, over 230 pounds, not that bench press means a whole lot, but I mean, 29 reps just shows you he has good upper body strength. He ran a 4-4-40. You know, the guy has great balance, and he's just such a compact runner. He's got a great center of gravity. You know, as far as a running back goes, I mean, I haven't seen a compact runner like that that's this strong at that size. And I hate saying this because I don't want to get everybody's hopes so high or anything like that, but I have not seen anybody like this since Barry Sanders. And the one thing that I like about uh, Saquon Barkley is he is such a great receiving back and he is such a good pass blocker. This guy is, he's going to be on the field 
a high percentage of the time every single game, and he has the potential to hands down be one of the best in the game. I mean, if you look at overall talent, I mean, he's got to be right around uh, LaDainian Tomlinson level. Yeah, well said. And you talked about how he's on the field all the time. If you watch a game film, you will never see him get hit straight up. So injuries aren't a big deal with him because you cannot get to him directly. So there's no violent hits. He's very different than Darius Geis. Darius Geis is violent and 10 pounds lighter. He runs through human beings on a consistent basis. That's not who Saquon Barkley is. He never gets hit head on. And so the durability factor, you're sitting there thinking like, ah, I think he can last because you can you never hit him up high. You know, I actually I saw and I, I don't even remember uh, who the quote was from. It was from an NFL GM. And one of the comments he made is that, you know, the guy that there's something along the lines of a guy that this special, you know, whatever concerns you have, you're just basically nitpicking to fill out a report. So, <laughs> I mean, he's just, he, he's a, he is it. All right, fellas, I'm going to throw out a few stats for you guys. And, and then we will sit there and take all this analysis and we will turn it into some predictions for next season. So, so let's talk about Dalvin Cook real quick last season, because we did have a lot of running backs that took us by surprise, especially rookie running backs. So Dalvin Cook was on pace. We all know he went out in week four against Detroit. He was on pace for 1,000 yards on the ground and 352 in the, in the air. Now, Kamara, Kamara averaged, let's see, he averaged 45 yards a game. He only got 728 yards, but I mean, I know he's sharing the load with uh, Ingram right there. But he also had over 826 yards through the air. And then, you know, there's another another running back out there. We, You know, he didn't get a lot of use, well, probably what he could have been, but Christian McCaffrey... He had 435 yards on the ground, and then utilize, he got 651 yards to the air. So out of these, or even not, you know, even th- these guys, do you see any of these being a top 10 or 12 running back for 2018 season? I think obviously Saquon can, and then you have to look at fit at, outside of that. So again, obviously I've talked about the Colts, but the Giants and Tampa Bay, I think those are the three prime situations where if a running back goes to the volume plus talent equals success in fantasy. So watch those three positions or three teams, whether they get somebody in the first, second or third round, you have to understand they are going to be getting the opportunity for volume plus talent. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, you know, say you know, again, Saquon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I see him being there uh, in the top ten, twelve. Uh, but you know, going to fit. Honestly, the only other guy I could see there, just because the fact that he is an overall talent, and you know, fit will have something to do with it. But Sony Michelle is probably. I, I love guys. Uh, I love Carry On Johnson. I, I think those guys will have successful seasons. But to be in the top ten or twelve, you know, touching on how I feel about Michelle in relationship to a guy like uh, Kamara, who was a top ten uh, producer in PPR, uh, I, I think Sony Michelle could be that guy as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, if you're looking at it right now, if you're looking at just fancy points, Kareem Hunt was number three. Alvin Kamara was number four. Uh, Fournette was number eight. And then moving on. Like Christian McCaffrey was still number fifteen, so I, I'm curious to see if any. So out of, besides Barkley, there's no one else you guys can see going in uh, the top ten to twelve next well, season. Well, I mean that's the thing. You look at Kareem, you look at Kamara. Those are third round running backs in the NFL draft, and so they fell they fell into prime situations. And Alvin Kamara's situation was terrible. He had Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram ahead of him for the first three weeks of the NFL draft or the NFL season, and he was a waste until the opportunity presented itself. So the Saints traded away Adrian Peterson. The rest is history. Then you look at the Chiefs. Same thing, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware is going to be our lead running back. Oh, he got hurt like five days before the season, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, okay. And then what's Kareem Hunt do? He goes on to lead the NFL in rushing yards. So opportunity plus talent is what you're looking for. You've got to get lucky, and you've got to find those guys that have the opportunity to get the ball in their hand early on. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that, that's why I'm looking at a guy like Sony Michelle uh, to be in that top 
you know, 10 to 12, because you got to think about it this way too, right? You know, some of those names that we just talked about that came out of that rookie class. So now there, there are more names there that, that category for the top 10 is more crowded because you're getting David Johnson back this year. You still have Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott missed six games, right? You know, they're, you know, the way Kamara played, the way Ingram played, you know, not saying that those guys are probably going to do that again, but there's a lot of names. There's, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of talent there. So it's much more crowded, but you know, these are guys that they, they definitely have uh, a fighter's chance of being in that top 10. Very good. So let's flip the script real quick. Are any, any of these guys you're not going to touch with like a 10 foot pole? Like you're like, there's no way I'm taking this guy this year. I'm going to let him sit. We'll, we'll sit there and figure something out for years to come when it comes to dynasty. The, the guy that I'm staying away from most is probably – a lot of people are going to get upset at this. Um, Richard Penny for San Diego, who tested off the charts. Film is so fun to watch, but graded out as the worst pass-protecting running back that I have ever graded in the NFL. Um, he does not want to block anybody. So unless he goes to a team that says – we're not using him except on first and second down. And I've had people saying that he could possibly go in the first round of the NFL draft or the second round. And he's a talented runner. But unless he changes something, there's no way he's going to see the field for a while because he is so scared to block. He hates it so much. So Richard Penny is a huge guy that I just have a giant red flag on just because he's scared of contact. Uh, you know, I'm looking at... Uh... I don't even really know how to pronounce his name, but Akram Wildly from Iowa. I just, I don't like his size. I mean, he's only 5'9", 194 pounds. I mean, that's that's pretty small for an NFL running back, right? But, you know, he, he does have some versatility as a runner and receiver, but he's, he's just going to be a scat back. He's going to be a guy that, you know, could potentially be uh, a decent fit for a passing offense. You know, kind of, he could almost be somewhere along the lines of, you know, like Dexter McCluster or something like that, you know, a guy who had a lot of hype coming into the NFL. I just, I don't see a lot of value or not value, value or value from Wadley. Uh, so that's one guy that I would just definitely stay away from. And he fumbles. He, he was my most fumble prone running back that I graded. Um, I yeah. love the way that he ran, but he's super tiny. Uh, 195 fumbles the ball like crazy. Um, I don't know. I, I feel very similar to you. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm not a big fan of him. Interesting, interesting stuff. So we we've talked about you know we talked about Barkley all the time. We talked about Michelle. We talked about Geis, Chubb, Karrion Johnson. Hey, do you have any running backs for those deeper league dynasty owners to kind of keep an eye on? Uh, Steve, do you got anybody that you kind of like to look at and maybe get him like towards the end of the draft? I like guys like uh, Dearness Johnson. And John Kelly, uh, John Kelly, uh, I think he's actually he, he's he's a good guy that that plays the game forward. Like I was talking about uh, with Darius Geist earlier, he's he's just he's a very tough guy. He he runs with the low center of gravity. You know he absorbs tackles. He has great balance. You know he has a really good stiff arm. You know he's he's a little undersized and his his quickness uh, is kind of average, but. I think just overall, you know, he, he brings some good value. And I think he, that's a guy that, you know, depending on where he goes and how he fits, uh, it's going to be a good uh, later round pick uh, for any team in the NFL. And I think it is, is definitely a guy that you're going to see uh, in some later rounds uh, for dynasty owners. And, you know, if I'm sitting there in my middle rounds, middle to late rounds, and I'm looking at John Kelly and I'm like, okay, well, I have all my team needs. Hell, I'm going to add some great depth at running back, and I'm going to pick him up. You know, and then you look at Dearness Johnson. You know, I, I don't think too many people are very high on him, but you know, I I really like him. Uh, he's you know going back to decisiveness. He he does not hesitate. He knows where he's going when he's taking a handoff. You know, he makes his lane decisions and, and he sticks to it and he runs hard and you know he he runs low. He is you know with good pad level. He's a very physical runner. Uh, you know, and, and also he's, he has some special teams potential. So, you know, he, he's a guy that could be utilized uh, almost like, you know, 
uh, well, I guess dual threat wise like that to use Brito's word, you know, as far as special teams potential, but you know, kind of like Deion Lewis. So he, he's another guy too, that I'm looking at in later rounds that this guy has a lot of upside to him. And uh, depending on where he goes, he, he's one that can bring value to your team as well. All right, John. Who's your dual threat horses? <laughs> who's your uh, this is an honor of Brito, the uh, dark <laughs> horse slash dual threat. Love you, Brito. Um, I got two guys that I I love. Uh, Kalen Belage out of Arizona State, and he kind of came on the scene during the Senior Bowl. Uh, great week of practices. Big guy, six one, two twenty eight, and just an athletic freak. Ran in the four four six and in the forty yard dash. He's been a four year contributor, and the main question mark was he didn't start his senior year. He kind of lost his starting spot, but the athleticism is there, and he's kind of your jack of all trades. And again, you can see a theme here. I love the guys that fit every system. You can be a first, second down bruiser, third down back. You can do it all. Very big bodied, very, very fast, and he is tough. He's not the type of guy that's going to make people uh, miss. He's running through everybody. So absolutely love Kalen Balaj. And my other guy is Mark Walton um, out of Miami. And he kind of fell off the radar because he had an ankle injury after the fourth game of the year. Uh, decided to have surgery on it. He tried to play through it against Toledo. But it, you could just tell he wasn't the same guy. Very, very tough, committed to playing through it, but just he could not. So absolutely just beast 5'9", 205, and kind of does everything. Um, very, very fast, very quick. The injury seems to have kind of fixed itself. He doesn't drop passes, and just super, super quick. So I think he'll find his way. You're talking third, fourth round in the NFL draft, and if he goes to a spot where he's going to be a third down back, he's going to be one of those real sneaky Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson plays in PPR formats that you can start, and he'll finish in the top 36 in running backs and just solid flex play week in, week out. All right, so fellas, taking these two dark horses, or sorry, four dark horses, running backs, let's do a little bit of predictive analysis. Steve, where do you see your two guys ending up? You know, I could see uh, teams in later rounds, uh, such as the Denver Broncos, such as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if Barkley's not there, uh, teams like Seattle, you know, just just looking at guys, guys that you know, we're, we have teams that you know we, we already have uh, to use John's words earlier in New York. You know, they have bodies there, right? But these are guys that they can add to those bodies that have some upside. You know, the, these are teams that have guys that have been in the NFL and they haven't been able to to do anything. And John Kelly and Darius Johnson are, are guys that will have more upside than the ones that currently sit on the rosters. And then John, what about your your two guys? Where do you end up where do you hope to see them end up? Man, I think a perfect spot for Kalen Balaj is behind somebody that's established like Buffalo, like in the third round, where he can step in and he will be the immediate backup there because they just have LaShawn McCoy and big Mike Tolbert. And so he steps in, and if something goes wrong, he's a guy that can step in for short yardage situations or he can be an every down back. Now, Mark Walden's a little bit different because I want him to go somewhere where they have an established runner um, on first and second downs already, and he kind of steps in. And so if we look at somebody like Green Bay, they love their two young running backs for first and second down. He could come in and third down there. Or even Arizona, something where he can step in and be that third down guy right off the bat until they trust him, and then he can work his way into a bigger role. You know, I can see either of these guys too, John. I don't know how you feel, but I could see these guys filling in and, and actually doing playing a significant role in Carolina as well. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You need a thumper there to go with Christian McCaffrey. He is exceptional in the passing game. You're talking a guy that almost had 90 catches. I mean, he's legit. But you don't want to use him as a 200 carry plus um, 100 targets in the passing game. That's just not healthy for his body type. So you bring somebody in there that can, you know, fight on first and second down, whether that's a Bo Scarborough, Kalen Balazs, something like that, a bigger bodied guy. And I, I'm with you completely. That For yeah, goal Blod. line situations and short down, put them in there, rest McCaffrey or split them out wide. Balazs or Kelly, I think, would be a solid fit there. 
I love John Kelly, man. The the comparables between John Kelly and Alvin Kamara last year played the same role. The best power through contact. I mean, it's it's unreal. Catches the ball so well out of the backfield. I don't think he's as good as Kamara, but it's there, and you can see it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, fellas, a lot of great information tonight for the listeners. And, and talking about this great information, you know, listeners, this is stuff that you're going to find in our draft kit this season. You know, I know this stuff is all rookies and kind of focused around Dynasty, but this draft, if you hear these two talking all the time, there's going to be even more content than what these guys have. Uh, the team has really put together a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of information that's going to get you through this 2018 season. Man, I cannot wait for this draft kit, man. It, it is it's every every week, you know, I get a little more and a little more excited. I wish I wish June, end of June and July would start hitting so we can get this stuff out. Yeah, I wish people could see the amount of work that is being put into this. Um you wanna win? <laughs> the the key is right here with Eat Sleep Fantasy. I, I've, you know, seen other sites, written for other sites. I get it. The commitment level at Eat Sleep Fantasy is second to none. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's literally, I mean, I think we may have taken a small break after the Super Bowl, but we've just been at it. And I, I mean, it's it's with, internally, uh, there's a lot of conversation within the group. Anytime news breaks, anything like that, we all throw our ideas out there. And then even just, you know, shooting the shit like that, you know, we come up with topics all the time. So, you know, we have notes of all that stuff, stuff that we want to do. So the draft kit's going to be huge. And, you know, I, I said it many times, man, it, it's just going to be the only content you're going to need to succeed for 2018. Yeah. I mean, you think e- we break ESS down one tree hill. I mean, I'm just saying we break down soap operas, little Debbie's. It gets crazy. That's all we do. That's all we do is sit there and break stuff down to sit there and, and fulfill the needs of this offseason. So. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and get this thing shut down. Hey, John, where can everyone find you? Uh, Twitter's the best way, JL underscore Chapman, JL underscore C-H-A-P-M-A-N. And what about you, Steve? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at SPAC21. That's S-S-P-A-C-2-1. And you can ask me questions on there. You can also reach out uh, to the ESF page on Instagram. Um, I'm monitoring that page it almost seems like 24-7. So if you guys are on there and, and you have questions for myself or ESF, uh, feel free to reach out and I can answer them for you or move it along to the team. So make sure you're following us on all three platforms. That's right. And don't forget to follow Eat Sleep Fantasy on Twitter. Um, you can follow myself, Austin, at Austin37. Hey, don't forget, hey, check out the $5 member. I'm telling you, it's worth, It's $5 for the whole season. It, there's so, so much great information in that Facebook group and stuff like that. And then sometimes we do little pods and stuff like this that we push out through our webpage. But, you know, that's all for the future. So on behalf of John, Steve, and myself, y'all have a good evening, and uh, y'all be easy. Fantasy, it's a fantasy.